It's HPR, All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence with the latest guest in our Off the Road interview series. And today, we've got such an unusual and also endearing guest, someone who, no matter if you're even casually a rock music fan, has a story I bet you will get a kick out of. Seriously, can you imagine your big brother is in Led Zeppelin? I'm drums, John Bonham, Moby Dick! Yup, today we connect to jolly old London, England and welcome true rock royalty, an artist with remarkable talent as a singer and a remarkable connection to Led Zeppelin. It's Deborah Bonham, kid sister of late Led Zeppelin drummer John Henry Bonham, Bonzo himself. And Deborah's latest release is Bonham Bullock, her new album of bluesy interpretations with guitarist Peter Bullock, who she's brought along with her. Right now, we're listening to their version of the Albert King classic, Can't You See What You're Doing to Me? And they join us now. It's Deborah Bonham and guitarist Peter Bullet on HBR's Off the Road. Hello, is that Dave? It is. How you guys Hi. doing? Good, Good thank you. you Good to meet you. Good to have you both there. So, uh, a big aloha and welcome. Aloha. Aloha. Great to be with you. Great to have you guys. In the studio with you, actually. We wish we were in Honolulu. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, explain for folks this is a collaboration you've got, Deborah, with uh, guitarist Peter Bullock. Led to this latest band and album, really, and something that progressed through the years. And kind of explain any cool story of how you met him or connected musically as a good way to, to begin. Um, I met him at a, a wedding. I was a friend of the groom, and Pete was a friend of the bride. And Pete was in a band in London. Our uh, wedding present to the bride and groom was uh, our band played their wedding. And uh, nice. that's where uh, Debbie jumped up. And it hit off from that night there. And Paul Rogers got the same feeling when he saw Pete play too, many, many years later. That would be a great story for folks to hear. So Paul Rogers, legendary vocalist from Free, Bad Company, Firm yeah. for a while, Queen. Talk about how you first got hooked up with him. We did a support tour with him in 2004. After a couple of shows, he came and stood at the side of the stage and watched us. He loved it, but he took a great interest in how Pete was playing. Then progressed to friendships, and I got really friendly with his wife as well, uh, Cynthia, very much into animal charities, Mm -hmm. and we thought we'd do a benefit concert. So we concocted the plan to get Paul to sing with the band and we did a couple of those and then he just suddenly went you know what should we take this on the road so um I opened up at the shows and Pete and the band backed Paul in the UK it was a free spirit tour and then we went over to the states and did the Stars Align tour with Jeff Beck and Ann Wilson Paul Rogers of course and uh, that's how we ended up actually getting the record deal. So we'd like to do an album with you guys as well. So it's all, all fell into place that way. Yeah. And you mentioned his name briefly, but uh, his name comes up all the time on the show. The fact that your own career has led you to have a place where you had an, a run-in with Jeff back. Actually, it was probably years ago when I first met Jeff. We did an album called The Old Hide, and it was produced by a guy called Mo Foster, bass player with Jeff Beck for years. We sort of met via... Mo. Has he ever been curious about your, about John Bonham? Jeff. Yeah. He knew, he he knew John. He gets to kind of go, wow, whoever thought all these years later I'd be sitting there on stage and there'd be John Bonham's kid sister. I think Paul Rogers sort of 
thought the same thing sure. you know, from years back because John and Led Zeppelin signed Bad Company to the Swan Song. Record label, Swan Song. So, yeah, you know, and we've had loads of conversations. But it, the same thing is for me, you know, I mean, the first time that I got to sing with Paul Rogers when he brought me out on stage, I was just on stage pinching myself. Thinking, I bet. Okay, you know, I was playing Bad Company, you know, when I was really little. And then as I got older, I got into free. But I was playing Bad Company when they signed a Swan song. And I'm on stage singing Can't Get Enough. Right. No, I hear you. With Paul. And I told Paul what happened when that was the first single Bad Company were putting out. And it got in the charts. And we had a program in the UK called Top of the Pops. Yeah. I mean, that was the only music program ever. So you had to get on Top of the Pops if you were going to do Make anything. It. Yeah. And John got really excited because this band that they were about to sign was on Top of the Pops. So he called us all around and said, right, come on. We're here. So we all sat around and watched. And when Bad Company came on, John was just ecstatic. <laughs> You know, so we were all sitting there watching it, and on comes Paul Rogers, down, 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 down. And John's like, yeah, yeah, we're signing this band to Swan Song. Wow. Years later, I get to tell Paul this and um, saying to him, it was a real moment, you know. And I think he just got so touched. Anyway, this was when we were opening up for them, and he was just walking onto the stage, and he went, do you? Do you want to come and join me when we get to Can't Get Enough and I'll introduce you? I was like, (laughs) really? Yeah, come on, come on, come on. I was like, oh, my giddy aunt, you know. I'm on stage with Paul Rogers. That's a wonderful story to be sitting there with your big brother and him all excited about this band, Bad Company, which Led Zeppelin had signed to their label, Swan Song. And seeing that project, if you will, get its big air debut, and you happen to be there as his kid sister, you get to enjoy that. Yeah, to share that with Paul is touching. And I think about this record in the way that that is a touching story. The tracks are covers. They say, in a lot of ways, the same thing about taste, influence. When I think about that first time, because singing is a little different than playing an instrument, I think. Like the first time you got the urge to sing as a little kid and actually use your voice to express yourself, what were you listening to then that you were passionate about and that had touched you enough that you wanted to actually sing? Well, um, Led Zeppelin, I have to say it. <laughs> that was really um, your inspiration to sing? Robert yeah, Plant, I guess? Yeah. And I was listening to my brother's music as well, you know, John, and I had another brother, Michael, they were listening to James Brown. They were listening to all the Motown stuff. They were listening to all the blues artists, Lead Belly and Hendrix. So I was growing up in this crazy, eclectic mix of yeah. amazing music with my parents in the background playing all the, the big band stuff and also Mahalia Jackson and Etta James and Sarah Vaughan and all of that. Flipping back to those influences, because you mentioned something that is, um, it kind of went by quickly, but you said Michael and John, your two brothers, they're influencing you with the music they're playing. And you said James Brown, the godfather. And your brother is known as simply, he's a singular drummer. There's nobody who had a sound like him. The guy had a sense of rhythm, and he was the funkiest rock drummer there ever was. And then you just said this interesting thing, like James Brown meant a lot to him. Absolutely. I mean, he loves Clive Stubberfield and, you know. Yeah, okay. James's drummers. Yeah, um, Clyde, right. Absolutely phenomenal. But it was James Brown as well who just had that rhythm. I mean, he was the guy that was turning 
music on it on its head. No doubt. In that era, to get to this funk, to these beats he was doing were just crazy that yes. he was getting his drummers to do. And I think going back for John, mom and dad would always be playing Benny Goodman, and Benny oh. Goodman had a drummer called Gene Krupa. Yeah, yeah, of and course. John absolutely loved Gene Krupa. And you fleshed out somehow your mom and dad uh, also sort of influenced you. But what was so your first concert? I led Zeppelin when I was about seven, I think. You can remember the yeah. exact first one? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was um, the Birmingham Odeon. They hadn't quite released Led Zeppelin 2, I don't think. It was around about that time. And the Mellotron broke down. So I remember it really well because the Mellotron broke down. <laughs> <laughs> but there was about 2,000 people there and there was a balcony. And the people were ha- hanging over the edge, just freaking out, you know. And because I'm looking up and I'm thinking, wow. And then when they came on, it was like, wow. <laughs> it was incredible. So yeah, it was a pivotal moment in my life. It's vocalist Deborah Bonham, kid sister of late great Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham, sharing new music from her Bonham Bullock album, like this track, their version of the Screaming Trees' Bleeding Muddy Water. And tomorrow, we continue with stories about Deborah and Led Zeppelin's special connection to fellow British rock pioneers Black Sabbath, and Deborah's relationship with the voice of Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant. Find this segment and the entire Off the Road series at hawaiipublicradio.org slash off the road and where you get podcasts. I'm Dave Lawrence. Lord, now the rain don't come. Lord, now the rain don't come. Mother,